Hello and welcome to the Over the Barricade Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Downing, joined as always by my tag team partner, the deadliest catch, Lee Brando. Yo, yo, yo. Not where I thought you were going to go with the intro it's this week. crime time. <laughs> Remember crime time? Uh, yes. I something about forties and homies. It was very racist. <laughs> I mean, yes, it was very stereotyped. Yeah. I, although, is is wrestling? Isn't wrestling at its heart pretty stereotyped? It's all about stereotypes. So, was crime time would not be acceptable today? I don't know. Not in WWE. I think anything's acceptable as long as you do it right, right? Uh, like, I, I suppose like gender, if, if, if you gender were, has has really kind of pushed this... The, well, that wasn't done correctly. No, 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 hold on. No, I'm saying early on, early, early on, bef- before we got too deep into the gender experiment, early, early on with the foreigner who was upset stereotype. Yeah. They pushed it. It. I think it worked. Ethnic bad guy. It worked early. But it it kind of fell apart over time. Uh, they didn't really give him a lot of depth. I think if you were and and the WWE at this point in the game could not make it work because they just don't have the setting for it. You know, it's just not the right template to do it in. But if you had a wrestling company that was that was presented very seriously, you could have characters that were you know, racist or white supremacist or whatever. You could have characters that, um, you know, really stretch... And you could have storylines that really stretched what wrestling has been doing. I mean, obviously, Lucha Underground went in a different direction and they did more supernatural stuff and stuff like that. But I'm talking, you could you could do real-life, real McCoy stories, stuff that you would see in any good, you know, Netflix show or, or any good movie out there. You could You could do that. And then have the all conflicts because stories based around conflict have all conflicts resolved via a match. Lucha Underground went kind of the comic book route. They yeah, they kind of went way over the top with it, and it wouldn't work in WWE be, just simply because they would never stick to the plan. They would get cold feet. Mm-hmm. They would get jumbled, and then you would have you know say it was something racially charged then you would just have a bunch of racist crap that didn't pay off anywhere and people would get mad you you mean kind of like triple h booker t 2000 was that 2003 i yeah kind of but i mean like look at i mean to to a degree look at a movie i think i think today or yesterday was its 19 year anniversary of when it came out but american history x right Mm -hmm. there's a lot of heavy stuff in that movie um but the way that it's presented is so well done that you don't walk out of the theater going, oh, I can't believe they used that as a means to sell a movie, which is what happens whenever wrestling tries to go somewhere. You know, I can't believe they're going to use you know, racism or sexism or anything, any ism, to try to sell wrestling tickets. Well, it's entertainment. You wouldn't say that about a well-done movie. So I think as long as it's done well, you could you could do it. I don't know how we got off on this tangent. Do you think that, do you think, well, I mean, I'm enjoying this. I think <laughs> this is this is what brings the people in, or at least keeps our, the, the it keeps our interest. Yeah, maybe. Hey, maybe. by the way, before you continue, did you all know that we're, <laughs> how many times can I plug this before February? That we're going we're to be plug doing. We're going to every episode. Did you put it in the outro yet? Uh, no, I haven't had a chance, but I will 
probably be doing that sometime in the relatively near future. We are going to be doing a live one hour over the barricade podcast in the flesh, baby. Thunderlips, not Adam Cole. That should be the, that should be the, <laughs> the slogan. Phrase. Um, at Katsucon 2018. So you should be there. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, February, uh, February 18th to be specific. We'll uh, give more details. We did last week, but we'll we'll provide more details. But anyway, back closer. into the conversation. I feel like I feel like contractually obligated to plug it every couple minutes. <laughs> Please, not every couple minutes. Just Our a, listener will go away in the middle of your sentence. I'm just going to be in the back yelling. Katsukon. Oh, hey. this is—is is this what it's like to be like a WWE commentator and having <laughs> Vince McMahon Vince in your ear? Plug it. Plug the network. Plug Say the network. Say something about Twitter. Say something about the network. Say something about it's boss time. <laughs> Which is the worst thing. I hate it. It bothers me to no end. I have to mute the beginning of Sasha Bank entrances because Michael Cole ruins it every time. Let's. In the in fairness, let's talk about the bad things. It's time for the big dog. The bad things, specifically on this week of WWE television. Wait, hang on. Okay, hold on. We're getting really far off. We we really should hit some news. Okay. To get us going, I think the biggest thing, as far as let's something th- that will impact this kind of things that we generally talk about, was a WWE release this week, which, uh people say is not very surprising but i didn't necessarily see it ending a year after it started um which is the release of james ellsworth surprise i mean i'm i'm definitely sad about it right i don't know if i'm necessarily surprised just because my proximity to the situation i'm pretty sure it was a one-year deal and it was it was about this time last year that he that he signed right he had the few one-off appearances he had obviously the Braun Strowman thing then he had the almost tag team match on SmackDown and then um, then when he signed he became SmackDown Team SmackDown's mascot at uh, Survivor Series last year so uh, the year came up and I assume it just wasn't going to get renewed. This past Tuesday on SmackDown, though, I think was, you know, a fitting end to the James Ellsworth story so far in WWE. Um, the match he had was, you know, one of his best performances. Harkens back to the matches he had with AJ Styles last year, which were thoroughly entertaining. Um, in fact, I don't know if it's bias, but whenever Ellsworth was on SmackDown, it it wasn't boring. It was always funny or entertaining in in some way. I don't think he ever really had a dull segment. I mean, certainly he was background character sometimes, but I don't think he ever really had a dull segment. And uh, I, some people really disliked Ellsworth. I know uh, some of the fans really disliked the character. I should say I don't want to insinuate people didn't like the guy because yeah. everything I've ever heard about the guy has been great. Yeah. Um, but Dolph, uh, we've seen wrestlers come out since then. Dolph Ziggler, uh, one of those. Carmella have come out and basically su- released statements of support or tweets. Um, just supporting and saying that it was, you know, basically praising his professionalism 
and saying how he made the locker room better, and it was a lot of high praise. And This is going to be a weird analogy, but I'm going to try to explain it the best I can. I feel like Ellsworth was the wrestler's favorite wrestler. Not, 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 not from like an in-ring standpoint, but from like a, isn't this cool? Like, isn't this, you know, hip or whatever you want to say? And, and he was maybe some hardcore fans, uh, real hardcore fans, like favorite thing. And when you do that, you're not really getting that mass appeal. And I, I'm, not, I'm not saying he didn't. Obviously, his shirt outsold, you know, all other merchandise for a period of time, which is crazy. Um, but the analogy I was going to make is like Ellsworth is to wrestling what Gilbert Godfrey is to comedy. Whereas Gilbert Godfrey is way out in left field and comedians love him and comedians crack up and that sort of thing. But he never had the, and never was gonna have the, you know, I don't know, Larry the Cable Guy, Dane Cook, huge, massive appeal, which hardcores will say is dumb, right? Yeah. <laughs> so so you have that, right? You have Ellsworth, who everyone gets a kick out of, and then you have somebody like Reigns or somebody like Cena, who is the top guy, does have the mass appeal, and everyone's like, ah, they suck. So um, I th- I th- that analogy is kind of what works for me. Yeah, the um, it, I'm just I'm reading through Twitter um, live on the air. I, I'm not going to read out tweets <laughs> for five minutes, but I am reading through. I did want to. I was trying to quickly find some of the um, some of the the tweets that some of the wrestlers did about him. Um, Dolph Ziggler actually posted a really cool picture of the two of them. Yeah, um, I know um, Shinsuke. Uh, became good friends with Ellsworth. Obviously, all the female talent kind of they were heavily involved in storylines with the. Uh, the only thing I kind of think got mishandled a little bit. I think I would have had at le- Ellsworth at least stay around until Carmella cashed in. Right, like that's the natural progression of that storyline. Is yeah, I think she, so. Or he helps or- her cash in, and then she kicks him to the side. Yeah, I think that would have been perfect. I think that would have been kind of the best way to end it. I feel like they didn't... They It felt at times they weren't quite sure yeah. how they wanted to proceed with that. And you kind of felt the current story stalled because they didn't really... They didn't put the effort into it or whatever the case might be. So now there's no payoff. And Maybe it yet again, been... we have a situation where you have a story that could have had at least a, an interesting kind of arc. And there's no payoff. It just now ends with him leaving. And... We haven't heard anything. That, that, I think you're right. I think it was his one-year deal. He got his chance to, to do what he could do, and he I, he made the absolute most of it, more than anybody probably ever thought he would. Right, oh, yeah. And, you know, he his his contract ended, but would you not plan for this to happen? Would you not kind of... Or you could always sign an extension or, you know... I, I just feel like this is, this is WWE creative, again, getting lost with other things, and... I don't know who's controlling the room, but this you, was not you a huge. Know who's controlling the room <laughs> on both shows? Yeah. Oh yeah. Is he on? Is he doing? 
He is everything still filtering through him? Every, even NXT. He's now he's the difference is he's not sitting right behind Gorilla at NXT like he is in Raw SmackDown, but he, everything has to go through him. I'm really surprised um that uh, well, we know Which is that, crazy when that you're all 74. He, he all he does all Vince McMahon does is work for a living. So um, um but let me I, I do want to read a couple of things. Um I will read a couple of tweets just because it's from the the wrestlers and it's it's a good thing to have or it's a good thing to to kind of just point out across the board he was so well liked it seemed. You can of um, course uh follow James Ellsworth at real ellsworth on Twitter. That is correct. Um anyways, uh Scott Dawson tweeted the world would be a much better place with more people like uh, at real ellsworth james ellsworth undeniable work ethic and great attitude thanks for letting millions of people live vicariously through you zach Ryder, sad to see james ellsworth leave wwe but happy i got to see him live his dream t-shirt walk out at wrestlemania action figure etc he was semi-main at wrestlemania he was he was absolutely semi-main at wrestlemania um but lince dorado Taz, uh, Mojo Rawley. It's sad that he has been released, um, but I think that James Ellsworth as a character will be something that people are going to probably remember for a very long time. He did have... A lot of people were mad about... I remember a lot of, especially some of the hardcore fans who maybe were hardcore WWE fans, but maybe not hardcore like wrestling independence-type fans. Most of the people who love independent wrestling love the fact that this guy got his chance. Yeah. He was plucked, especially if you were from this region and you'd seen him perform or you'd heard about him. I mean, I got to see him perform right before he signed that year-long contract. So Yeah, I got to wrestle him right before that, which was kind of crazy. So, I mean, we it, different strokes for different folks, I suppose, but this was a guy who was an ind- who's was an independent wrestler for a long time. Didn't have the the look the quote look as it were um you know didn't have the size didn't have those things that you are just get used to in wwe and but just had a lot of heart true professional and had a ton of work ethic and from all the things i saw i heard a couple of i heard or saw a couple of just kind of big moment kind of lapses that were made early on the uh, he made he, he went he took the Styles Clash for the first time to- first time and tucked his chin, which could have been really bad. Um, if you know a- enough about pro wrestling, you know that's a terrible thing to do with a Styles Clash. Uh, Yoshitatsu did that and it almost paralyzed him. Um, but you know you're a pro wrestler on a big stage for the first time like that. I can see where you'd make you'd make that mistake because you tuck your chin for almost everything. Um, that's the one move you don't do it. But, you know, little things here and there, but for nothing overshadowed what he was doing as a character. Some people got mad because it was like, oh, AJ Styles is finally WWE champion, and he's looking like a fool against this jobber. But that whole story paid off. Oh, yeah. That whole story paid off beautifully. Styles, at the end of it, Styles ended up still champion, came out better for it. It showed a lot of range for Styles both as a very serious heel and even sometimes being able to play to a comedic wrestler uh, or a comedic gimmick. It helped Dean Ambrose 
Because Dean Ambrose, it added a little bit extra to his character because he was able to switch from, look at this guy, this goofy guy, and I'm going to be goofy, and this, that, and the other. And then he gets turned on, and he became very serious very quickly. So it, it worked for just about everybody involved. And some fans may have disliked the, the storyline itself, but it turned out to be a really good storyline, and it really helped push forward two different two characters who were not necessarily commonplace in WWE's main event scene. It um it reminded me a lot of what they used to do in the old days with managers. And there's a whole other level of storytelling that you can do that is just so underutilized, criminally underutilized today, uh, when it comes to managers. And Ellsworth throughout his whole run, whether it was when he was paired up with Dean Ambrose or Carmella, added that level. Um, not like not like the Paul Heyman, right? That's a different type of thing. I'm talking about like the old Bobby Heenan manager type role where he would get in the weasel suit and look like a fool and, you know, that sort of thing. And I think Ellsworth provided a much needed, you know, shot in the arm to rather um, not uninteresting, but perhaps lengthier storylines that needed something. Yeah, that Styles uh, Ambrose feud went from went for like four or five months. I mean, that was it, a it, long it, yeah, feud, yeah. and it had it had really had three distinct parts to it. Yeah, and it was one of the better angles. I think a little bit underrated last year, as far as how they did a long burn, a slow-burning feud. They did a really good job with it, and it helped elevate everybody involved. And that's really what you want as a professional wrestling company, trying to get all this talent over. Everybody looked better for it. Even if you thought, well, Styles is is losing to this job. Well, not necessarily. You look at it, and yeah, you know, he's losing to this job, but there's a reason for it every time. And and it's not that he, like... Um, I think people misconstrue it because if you're watching a match and your your thought as the viewer is if if Styles loses to this Ellsworth guy, then that's crazy because Styles is so good. Then you've already put Styles over in your own mind. Right. It's not if this guy loses to Ellsworth, he's Styles sucks. He's not a good wrestler. No, nobody ever thought that for a second. They just thought it would be crazy to do that because Styles was so good. So you've already put him over, so it doesn't really matter. It's like Styles is already a made man. He's he's not going to get ruined by working with Ellsworth. If anything, he's going to be involved in a more entertaining storyline. It's like didn't um didn't Lesnar do a similar thing with like Zach Gowan, the one-legged wrestler, like kind of different years ago. Different different setups, different story, different, different but kind of theme, but it was it was the same idea where it was like this this total unlikely challenger comes into this masterful champion and it's such a mismatch but you're rooting for the underdog and if the underdog has people on his side then you can you can birth so many stories out of that it's it, it's just like i said it's underutilized but um i think looking back at the year plus long run of james ellsworth and wwe it was definitely one of the most memorable parts of the last year it stood out. It was different. It was entertaining. It never let anyone down. He was good on the mic. When he had to get in the ring, he was good in the ring. Um, 
he you know he did everything that the company asked him to do and did it well i agree um including sell some merch which oh yeah that t-shirt if it's still up on the shop go go get it um because it's it's hilarious and if nothing else it is a good conversation starter yeah. If so, you come across somebody who doesn't understand or know wrestling, you you have an in with them immediately because it is a very unique shirt, and the man has an action figure with the shirt. <laughs> um, so it it's it's tough to it's sad to see it end, but at the same time, it is really good to see uh, there's a lot of talent in the in those locker rooms, Raw and SmackDown locker rooms, even some 205 Live guys, Jordan Devlin who. Uh, was in the British, uh, the UK tournament. All these guys have come out and said great things about him, and it's it's a shine to his professionalism. And we talked about this a bit last year. This was a little before we started the podcast. He can sell. He can go and sell tickets anywhere now. He well, I mean, can he go was to doing any, it before. <laughs> he was doing it before, but I mean, there is zero question yeah. that he can go to any independent. Any independent booker can reach out to him, put him on his show, and he will sell tickets. You get the WWE rub, and that is good for him, and he has earned it. He's had a long career to this point, and um, this will I definitely help him the rest of his career. And he's got if you've if you've been following him on Twitter, his the the places that he's gotten to go with WWE, he's gone overseas. He's gone and wrestled internationally. He's been to all these places with all these different people. It's insane and well-deserved. Um, all right, so that was definitely one of the big bits of news this week. We have a couple other things we do have to get to before we talk about Survivor Series. Second biggest bit of news this week, the War Games cage will not have a roof. That's weird. I didn't know that. They made it a point to say it, and I can only imagine that I it missed was, that. I can only imagine that they were kind of putting together the set, and Vince saw it and went, "What the heck's that? <laughs> why is there a, why is there a roof on that? What's it Hell in a Cell? No, no, it's War Games. I can tell you why there's not going to be a roof. I'd be willing in to one, bet. In one word, moonsaults. <laughs> well, I would say that's part of it. I would say the other part of it, well, wait, who, who the authors of pain are in this match? Authors oh, of pain plus with Roddy Strong, Roderick Strong, uh, Sanity, Sanity, and Undisputed Era, Undisputed Era, which everybody thought they were going to be called Dishonored, which would have been cool, but yeah. maybe a little too on the nose. Um, I suppose, perhaps, but at the same time, I actually think they won't have it above the ring. I actually think they're going to have panels. And before that match starts, they're going to do a really long video package and come set up. I've seen them do it. Oh, I've seen them do it. With and steel they... cage matches very quickly. It's, 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 it's easy to do. My, my bigger question is, are both rings going to be out there for the whole event? I don't know little, how. That's a little harder to do fast. I don't think you cannot have both rings. Yeah, because... Yeah, even if you only have one ring out, say you have the other ring set up and it's on uh, casters or something like that, and you roll it out, you still have to have the area clear, so it could be one ring in a giant open space. Maybe. I just I, They have to have both rings, and you know those NXT guys are going to play with that. 
they could have you know which is what the wcw guys did that too when they had two rings some of the wcw guys back in the day thought of cool spots to do between both rings yeah some of them both rings were legal yeah you just got to be careful not to steal any spots that they're going to do in uh War games in, in is war really games tricky to plan. But yeah, if if the cage itself is only 10, 12 feet high and you want to do moves from one ring to another, having the roof not there greatly helps that out. The other thing I was thinking of is you could set up the ring and then you could suspend it, the second ring. I, so how do you do down. that? Those rings are heavy. Well, I mean, they've got cables that hang, lighting rigs that weigh twice as much you know i just i don't they have to have both rings i can't it's also an nxt show i don't see them putting the money into making sure that engineering works they do for these uh these takeover shows you gotta think because they do sometimes but we're talking about wwe test to see if the main roster uses remember the shark cage yes that started next excuse me the crash cage crash cage this was a toy brand okay we cannot do this Without but, saying yeah, that, if, if it if it the point is if it works in NXT, if War Games works in NXT, it's a, some WWE's never tried. It's not really their style. It doesn't fit with their aesthetic. But if it works, NXT, in NXT would make it work. Then it could work in the main roster. NXT also has more creativity or more flexibility when it comes to creative too. Yeah. The wrestlers are allowed to be more creative in their style and the storylines and how they tell stories in and out of the ring also have more freedom for flexibility because there's a much more niche audience. And I, it just, it works better. That's why NXT's our favorite indie. <laughs> um, can we talk about how there was some really awful bad things on, on WWE this week? While still being good go-home go shows for Survivor Series, there was some pretty bad stuff. I, for the first time in quite a while, Sat through an entire episode of three-hour Monday Night Raw, and I was miserable an hour in. Yeah. I was so miserable. First because off. I, I've gotten used to Hulu doing the one and a half, the 90-minute version, so I'm getting an edited version with no commercials. I'm an hour into Monday Night Raw, and I'm like, please let it end. Yeah, there's re- really... There were some good... There were good moments. But that seems to be there WWE stick now. When you start off with the how many years has it been that Stephanie McMahon has constantly buried every over male talent with no reprisal? Uh, in the first, you mean in the first segment, like she normally, like how, yeah, how that's many her times staple. Does that, that is her finisher. She doesn't wrestle anymore. That is her finishing move. But it doesn't get over. No, but neither does anybody else, and that works for her. Well, it, it, like, if anything, this week really proved that the writers are only, the, the only guts they have, the only people they'll let get over are the McMahons, or people that are married to McMahons. So you have Triple H getting over, you have Stephanie getting over, and you have Shane doing this awful, terrible, no good promo to open SmackDown. This was the... Can we talk about dumbest expletive I've ever seen in my life? Yeah, the SmackDown opening segment was it super. Made hokey. me want to stop watching wrestling forever. That's and I, Im- and that's I don't Im- say that. That's impressive, given that Bound for Glory was last week. <laughs> um, don't kick them while they're down, okay? <laughs> Allie, punch up, 
punch up, not don't punch down. Wow, if we're punching, if we're worried about punching down to TNA or Impact with, uh, in our standpoint, man, that is pretty bad. <laughs> I, they might already be dead. Hey, they already killed one long podcast. Ooh, cheap shot. <laughs> um, we miss you, live audio wrestling. Um. Yes, this the Shane McMahon thing was super hokey, and it was super, it was awful. And here's the here's the thing: you're going through a segment, and when you realize that the segment is not, it's pre-taped, but it's not going to be over after two minutes, <laughs> and it's seven or eight or ten more minutes left to go, and you realize that you are in this hell with however many other people watch are watching SmackDown. You think we can band together and we can rise up and we can stop this tyranny from continuing any longer. Can we just talk about Baron Corbin was one Bobby Roode away from Sin Cara, who he right. supposedly hates, and they were he was like, rah, we're gonna beat the Miz. It was and it's like so what? freaky I'm trying real hard not to swear. <laughs> Please don't swear. I'm trying so hard because it was so bad. It made me want to just tell every single person that I know to never watch wrestling because it is the worst thing in the world. First off, you have Shane on this open mic comedy stage giving pacing back and forth like he's General freaking Patton trying to give this inspirational p- speech when there's literally nothing on the line at Survivor Series. It's not like the, the winning the- brand gets... Gets first pick in the draft. Survivor the Series brand gets the first fifteen entrants to the battle royal. But it's the one time of the year that Raw and SmackDown Live get to go head to head. What about last? What about at TLC when AJ Styles from SmackDown faced Finn Balor from Raw? What about that? That or was when, literally or, one month ago. Or when Kurt Angle from Legends on WWE 2K18 uh, faced off against Raw superstar. Sorry, that was a really bad joke. Um, the thing is, this was so. This was overall terrible. Not only do you have Shane giving his little speech, you have all these wrestlers that now just look like. To- Could you imagine, like Arn and Flair and you know Magnum T? Could you imagine these guys standing there all together, cheerfully? Clapping and and, and and engaging and and, and supporting. Shane yes, McMahon. I can I can imagine no. I can imagine where Ric Flair is one Magnum TA away from Dusty Rhodes, and they're all hurrah together for SmackDown. No, it doesn't work that way. If any of if any real star was in there, they'd be trying to hog the spotlight for themselves because that's what stars do. Which if is Rick what Flair was in there, he would have taken the mic out of Shane McMahon's hands and cut a promo. And you know what? It would have been more interesting that way. You know if they had done this with the Miz in the room, he would have done that. He, I hope so. But it was a pre-tape and I think it was like not even the first take. They they had to know they had to know right they had to know it was bad and yet they still did it it's like Cesaro cutting promos with a mouth guard in they have to know it is the worst crap you could put on television but they're still gonna do it and that I just don't understand. Do we want to move on to something else? 
I like Daniel Bryan's promo. <laughs> yes, that was great. Daniel Bryan's promo was fantastic. It was can a we, little... Wait, can we really, really quickly talk about SmackDown was dropping some fire, though, on, like, yeah. some real-life promo with... Uh, what, what did... Bryan said... Uh, Brock Lesnar's a quitter. He quit WWE 12 years or 13 years ago, and then he tapped out to a weak-ass knee bar at yeah. UFC. The thing is, the the sad part was, I know that Brian Danielson has wanted that match with Lesnar for years, and I guess he's been thinking of this promo for years and that's why it was so good it was so good it was fantastic and, and styles it was, didn't it have was to the, say a word it was the diamond in what is this pile of garbage that we had the last week yeah. um also the new day came out and also had pretty choice things to say about the shield which was also pretty fantastic um one of them, it wasn't quite as fire as Daniel Bryan's promo, but basically saying, we know at WrestleMania, when we get on to wrestle, around WrestleMania, you three aren't going to be together. You three are going to be on your separate ways again. <laughs> yeah. Which is totally true. They're not going to be together by WrestleMania. The Shield, that is. The New Day absolutely still will be because they just print money. Yeah, and there's a big push internally to have the New Day have the most title reigns and the longest title reign and everything. They they want them to be the best tag team in WWE history, statistically speaking. They're going to be now, financially speaking. Yeah, true that too. But I don't think – so I think the WWE is smart enough to notice how little Reigns is getting booed now that the Shield's back together. It's so still happening, it's, but not as not nearly as much. Not as bad. Not even his, half as bad. I think that's part of why he came out after yeah. Ambrose and Rollins they on wanted Raw. To see. They wanted to test the waters and see, all right, we're not going to have him come down to the ring. We're not going to have him be a surprise. People know he's coming back. We're just going to have him step out. And you heard some boos. You did hear some boos, but it was significantly less and even less than Cena, which is impressive now, which is a weird thing to say. Yeah. 2017, everybody. So, with that being said, I don't think that they're going to break up the Shield per se. I think that they will have Roman go in singles competition. Ambrose and Rollins will uh, do tag, but they will still hang out together. It'll be like kind of Generation X style uh, where, you know, Hunter was European champion, Sean was world champion. And even later on when Hunter was going for the WWF title and the New Age Outlaws were there and X-Pac was there, they were a group, they were a unit, but they all went for singles titles or tag titles as well. Mm -hmm. uh, they didn't always have to be involved together. And I think that's where the Shield w should be heading if they want to capitalize the most off of Roman's, you know, successful turn to being a fan favorite per se again. Uh, let's go through some other things before we get to Survivor Series. Uh, the Young Bucks, no surprise here, came out and said they want CM Punk to come back to wrestling and be in the Bullet Club. Apparently, according to some insider news, uh, the Bucks. Uh, Matt Jackson even said that uh, CM Punk has told them that if he decides to come back to wrestling, Matt Jackson's going to be his first phone call. You know I, I that if he him. came back, he would probably go right to the Bullet Club as an option although i could totally see cm punk deciding as a storyline being built where it's like he calls in he's like yeah i'm in the bullet club and turns on him and it's a big story 
Yeah, I think Punk's style has always been to go counter whatever is the most popular. So if Bull Club is popular now, um, I think he would come back and try to work against them. I think he would want to have, you know, Omega versus Punk. That'd be a great match. That would be a great um, match. Wrestle Kingdom 13, book it. <laughs> I'll, please. Uh, actually, I don't want to mess it up. So no, if it were WrestleMania, I'd book it, but not Wrestle Kingdom. Is that sad? <laughs> That's an interesting point. Um, um, but yeah, I think that he would come back to combat them. And maybe, like you say, maybe he joins them for a period of time and then turns on them. I mean, I know everyone was excited when he uh, when he slipped that Nexus armband on for a hot second. Um, that was that was a that was a thing that made kind of Nexus, which had stalled out and, and due to poor booking. Uh, kind well, of it revitalized them for the last little bit of their run before the core was a thing. The core with two R's. Um, so, yeah, CM Punk getting involved in anything would be big business, but you could definitely see he'd be he would be counter Bullet Club and just let the fans figure out what they want to do. He'd, he'd be super over in Japan. I, he'd be super over anywhere. Um, he would, but I mean, like, I going think, against the Bullet Club, I feel like Japan would, would actually boo the Bullet Club again. I don't I think, think you're you going to get that um, at an ROH show. I think an ROH show, people would just lose their minds. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, phew. Dude, you could do 10,000 seats easy if he comes back. Um, I think there's a built-in thing where he's going to have to explain his uh, UFC loss, right? And you could use that in promos, obviously. Um, but I think at this point, he's still mainly focused on getting another fight in the UFC. Speaking of uh, wrestlers turned to MMA, did you hear the news about Jack Swagger this week? Yes, he has signed with Bellator. He has. Uh, which Jake Hagar. Yes, he has signed with Bellator. He will be a heavyweight. We'll see how this goes. His independent wrestling post-WWE didn't quite seem to click very well. He was doing a lot of business. I will. I know he I just had a match with Jeff Cobb at the Cow Palace uh, he just, two he weeks just, ago or so. He just or is, uh, I think he's actually booked for an MCW show. That's coming up in the next month or two. Yeah. Um, so I think he's, he's going to be doing both. He's, he's still getting bookings. With Bellator, be you're allowed to be a pro wrestler. Right. UFC, you are not. Right. Um, but that makes sense. Bellator seems like if he's going to try doing MMA, Bellator is a good place to try it. I know he's trimmed down to 272 pounds. Um, Heavyweight weight limit in MMA is 265. So he's he's got a few more to go. But, but if he's walking at 272. He can cut that really easily. Yeah. Heavyweights can normally cut that weight pretty easy. Brock Lesnar could cut 20 or 30 pounds in a couple of days. There's a lot of air quotes around that. <laughs> I mean, my man came in at like 280 at some of those UFC fights. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. He's yeah. a big fella. Uh, Salt. Let's go, let's go through. Uh, Cody Rhodes has been booked. Cody um, has been booked in a Texas death match at this weekend's Ring of Honor uh uh, survival of the fittest live event in Dallas. That'll be this Saturday. Texas death match against Christopher Daniels. A Daniels return match. Last chance for the a, ROH world title. A uh, The conclusion of this storyline, one would assume, after Cody took the ROH world title at best in the world. Uh, should be a good match. Interesting choice. I'm interested to see the reviews. Uh, James Storm is out at Impact Wrestling, so it looked like he was... Uh, he decided to go back to Impact over WWE earlier this year. I think Rockstar Spud, too, and I think there's rumors of him going to uh, WWE. Rockstar Spud is out at Impact Wrestling as well, so uh, Rockstar Spud has been linked to WWE. James Storm, we don't know yet. 
Uh, he's so already had he had a cup of coffee at NXT, so it's very possible he could be back. Uh, the James Storm, of course, forty years old. We'll see what he does uh, moving forward. Let's get into Survivor Series with our final few moments. Uh, All right. Not as thin a card as you would assume. Uh, after Boy, I tell TLC. you, it's really changed around this last week or two, hey? Yeah, I, they do all this booking, and then it's all this promotion, and then they change all the booking. They don't even have a they don't even have a video package. Yeah, I think they at this as of this week they still don't have an AJ Styles Brock Lesnar video package. I think if there was a dictionary of wrestling jargon and you looked up hot shotting, Survivor Series 2017 would come up. Um, so let's go through the card. Enzo More and Kalisto in a kickoff match. Unfortunately, nobody cares. Um, that's not true. Do you care about this match? No. Okay, cool. Let's move <laughs> on. Uh, the Miz against Baron Corbin. Also, don't really care that much. You know, two uh, heels. Uh, although the re- the Miz is the reason I care about this match because WWE has been trying to build it. Not made me care about Baron Corbin, although he has really good entrance music now. I I crapped on them for changing his entrance music when they did, and now they've gotten a second version of it, and it's much better. Uh, the women's 5-on-5 five five traditional Survivor Series match, Charlotte not in that match, surprise entrant to debut, or uh, I shouldn't say debut, to make her appearance at Survivor Series. It's Is most, it anybody but Paige? It's Natalia. Okay. I assumed, but Paige is up in the air. Paige was apparently supposed to be in the fifth Raw spot, but yeah. she took some selfies backstage and got herself in trouble. Well, ac- the, I mean, the actually, rumors say, from what I've heard from you know very trusted sources, um, she was never they they she was just there to shoot stuff. The final spot was originally for Bailey. Then the day of, they changed their mind. Then they changed their mind back. Very typical WWE. So it was Bailey, and then it became Bailey again. But for a hot second, it was Paige. Better but, choice, although you could definitely the, bring Paige back next week, or you could put her on SmackDown. You could do any. I, I believe she'll be back Tuesday following Survivor Series. Uh, the Raw Women's Champion Alexa Bliss, who somehow hasn't lost her title amongst all these changes, <laughs> taking on new SmackDown Women's Champion Charlotte Flair, her fifth title reign. Now, the only two women to carry the women's title on both brands uh, in this young brand split. Uh, Bliss versus Flair. Uh, I, I haven't been asking who you think wins. Miz versus Corbin, who wins? Mm, Corbin. I think so, too. I think Miz can eat the loss, and Corbin needs the push. Uh, SmackDown versus Raw Women's 5-on-5. Got to go with the Raw side because uh, they've got Asuka and Nia Jax, who they're trying to protect heavily, and I think Carmella will uh, dip set. I agree. Um, although I'm curious to see if it is Paige, SmackDown wins. I don't think Paige, Cage gets eliminated, I but I think Raw's it's Natalia. Raw's to win, so it's going to be Natalia. Uh, Bliss versus Flair. Flair. Agreed. Shield versus New Day. Shield. I unfortunately agree. Cesaro and Sheamus versus the Usos. This one I don't know. Well, just going like we do with the exams, uh, we've answered Raw for everything thus far, so I'm picking SmackDown. Well, no, Charlotte SmackDown. Oh, no, you're right. I'm sorry. You yeah. also said Corbin. Oh, Corbin SmackDown. So I, I take it back. Even. We're pretty even thus far. I, I retract my statement. I have very short-term memory. Uh, I th- mm, Usos, maybe. I just, this one I don't know. It could go either way. I, I, we're getting a good match, right? This is going to be a really good match. I think both these teams are going to work really hard. This could be the match of the night. It could be a sleeper. This hit. will be this will be the mat, the show stealer. Uh, men's five on five 
Uh, Cena on one side, Strowman on the other. Super Cena or the monster? Well, you got to remember Triple H is there too. Oh, uh, yeah. And it- Angle. But I think SmackDown's going to go over because I think that plays better into the storylines coming up. Kurt Angle getting fired or, you know, pushed down the ladder, what have you, leading to a match with Triple H at WrestleMania, uh, teased when he, you know, pedigreed Jason Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there's, it's, it's also interesting because Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn aren't on the card, so could they interfere? You know, I don't know. I feel but like I gotta that's, go with SmackDown. that's a strong possibility. I, I SmackDown, I think, wins this. Lesnar versus Styles, we're running out of time. Jeez, I'd really like to see the club return on Styles' side and Styles Wouldn't go you? over. I think that would be the best. Lesnar wins. <laughs> um, unfortunately, Lesnar wins. Last year's was uh, the return of Goldberg, by the way. That now, was a, that, was that pretty graphic is saying eight Eastern, but I believe it starts at seven Eastern, maybe even six. There's going to be a long pre-show plus an uh, plus an extra. So the the likelihood is another match will be added. I guess we'll see. So we're out of time. All right, they're counting us off. We'll, they're we'll they're see counting you next us up. week. The music's playing. We're we're running out of time. We'll see you next week. Put that cigarette out. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash barricade show. Follow us on Twitter at barricade show. You can listen to the show each and every week at soundcloud.com slash barricade show or search for Over the Barricade podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Follow Lee Brando on Snapchat, Twitter, and Instagram at Lee Brando underscore and send him a friend request on Facebook. Just search for Lee Brando and don't forget you can send us an email. Over the Barricade Podcast at gmail.com. Send in your suggestions. We'll see you next week.